Hello again, Emerging Cricket fans. Another bumper show this week, but before we jump in, a shout-out to our latest patron, Miland Panya. Thank you so much for joining the EC movement. From as little as $2 US a month as a patron, you can access bonus content at Emerging Cricket and have a say on our show's direction. To sign up, log on to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Emerging Cricket. On today's show, we wrap news from around the world and we sit down with Fabio Marabini in Italy. So stick around. Hello and welcome to another Emerging Cricket Podcast online and on Sport FM in Perth. I'm Daniel Beswick. I'll be joined by Tim Cutler and Nick Skinner when we sit down with Fabio Marabini from Italy. But first, some news from around the world. Nigeria has appointed former Sri Lankan batsman Asanka Gurusina in a dual head coach and high performance director role. A level three coach, Gurusina has been a selector and manager of the Sri Lankan men's team and a consultant of Cricket Australia. Nigeria appeared in both the Under-19 World Cup early in the year and in last year's men's T20 World Cup qualifier. The Netherlands' home ODI World Cup Super League series against England in May 2021 has been postponed to May 2022. The ongoing pandemic and the prospect of playing international matches with few or no spectators were cited as the reasons for moving the matches back 12 months. The Netherlands' last ODI against England was at the 2011 World Cup in Nagpur when the English chased down a target of 293 with eight balls remaining. Fairbreak Global has announced a world-first invitational women's cricket tournament penciled in for January 2022, held in Hong Kong, and in conjunction with Hong Kong Cricket, the T20 tournament will consist of six teams of players recruited from all over the cricket world. And finally, the Kolkata Knight Riders have invested in USA's Major League Cricket. With more, here's Nate Hayes. Big news continues from the United States around Major League Cricket as USA Cricket announced a deal between the MLC and Shah Rukh Khan's KKR Empire. The Knight Riders group, majority owned by Shah Rukh Khan's Red Chili's Entertainment Group, will contribute financial investment in franchise cricket expertise as they partner with American Cricket Enterprises to plan the rollout of Major League Cricket. Khan's conglomerate will assume control of one of the six MLC franchises. USA fast bowler Ali Khan made history when he joined the Kolkata Knight Riders for the 2020 IPL. Ali Khan has played a crucial role in the success of the Knight Riders CPL franchise, helping the team to two championships in the past three seasons. While Shah Rukh Khan's involvement will certainly bring credibility to the embryonic Major League Cricket throughout the South Asian diaspora, KKR and Chili Pepper CEO Venki Mysore expressed to Emerging Cricket the importance of connecting with local American sports lovers at large and expressed confidence in the key people involved with the league. Mysore also confirmed to ESPN Crick Info that the contingency plan for MLC venues includes current grounds in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and Morrisville, North Carolina, as well as the recently announced new stadium in Dallas. Visit EmergingCricket.com to read more. That's all the news in the Emerging game this week. Coming up, we speak to Fabio Marabini in Italy. Hi, this is Dutch fastball Paul van Makeren, and you're listening to the Emerging Cricket Podcast. Once again, here on the Emerging Cricket Podcast, we're lucky enough to welcome another guest on the show. The customary welcome, boys. We go to Italy today. Fabio Marabini, the president of the Italian Cricket Federation. Il Presidente, welcome to the show. Hello. uh, It's 
say very, very, very uh, thank you uh, from my side and from uh, the Italian Cricket Board as well. Uh, we have a party this week because uh, we have uh, we are now 40 years old. Oh, oh wow. congratulations. Happy birthday. Creation is now 40 years old uh, and we will have um, a long uh, year. Uh, of course, we, it's impossible at the moment to, to have, on, have uh, parties here. And <laughs> at the moment, you're not allowed to have more than six people in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> but um, many, many thanks, uh, really. It's a pleasure from, uh, for me. And uh, uh, it's amazing what you're doing, guys, uh, down under, because uh, I, know, I know it's, um, it's tough um, to, to talk the dark side of cricket. <laughs> there are some positive stories. <laughs> I mean, being uh, always the underdogs uh, for uh, any kind of fight that we do for uh, acknowledgement of uh, cricket being uh, uh, the same uh, in uh, in Italy, in uh, Spain, in France, in Germany, as well as uh, other members uh, with uh, with more uh, financial availability, more uh, more. Uh, uh, cricket background, more uh, uh, cricket facilities. Uh, it's always difficult to talk, talk about. Uh, I will not say difficult because it's not difficult for, for stuff, but it's uh, not always welcome <laughs> when it comes to discuss uh, at, uh, at certain uh, uh, levels. Uh, so for me, it's uh, really a pleasure to have this possibility to talk with you. <laughs> yeah, it's been 40 years of the governing body, but if you go back in terms of Italian cricket history, it goes back a, a very, very long time. Nelson uh, arranged uh, the first match here in the late uh, 18th century, I guess, in Naples. Cruise uh, of, uh, of his um, of a couple of ships, I think uh, they, they arranged a cricket meeting there. There was enough room in Naples to play cricket. Now there's <laughs> street cricket. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they, they, they do. They do a lot. That, now Naples is a um, raising part uh, uh, in uh, in our country. Uh, I would say as an area, we we have very much interest down there. There's a strong uh, Sri Lankan community, but uh, generally speaking, uh, uh, big towns to, to follow clusters where where uh, there's enough cricket happening of course so we, we have a lot of uh, cricket uh, and um, one of uh, the aims of uh, our board at the moment is uh, put flags around Italy not just uh, where it's always been played like say Rome, Milan, Bologna we have to spread uh, our brand as, uh, as, uh, as uh, Cricket Italy and uh, some more engagement some more involvement uh, in schools and so on so we are trying to, to expand our activities um yes 40 years is um a long story i've been taking part uh only the last 27 <laughs> <laughs> just a short innings there uh, i can tell you um we there's a still long way to go for us i think we are we are we still have a lot of difficulties in terms of facilities that's the part of the job that uh, has to be done at the moment um, the most i would say so, uh, we are very used to getting English and Australian accents on this podcast of people around the world um, growing the game. But I, I think it's fair to say that um, you come to us with, a, with an Italian accent. Tell me how you 
got involved in cricket. You've said you've been involved for what almost three decades, and you know, business salesman. You're not making your money out of cricket. You're volunteering your time to cricket. But uh, how did you uh, you come to love this game and get involved? Uh, I'm. I live in Bergamo. Uh, the, the name itself uh, in German means Bergheim, uh, so the home of the mountains. And um, I've always been skiing since I was uh, two years old. And uh, I was uh, just finished with my uh, ski instructor degree, let's say. And uh, I'm a ski instructor, actually, and a snowboard instructor. I've been competing a little bit for both. And um, I was simply looking for something to do in summertime. And then a couple of friends came. One, uh, one is uh, half uh, English. The mother is from Halifax. Hey, why don't you come? We just found a cricket club. Yeah, cricket, really? <laughs> um, I barely had seen uh, playing cricket uh, on the television, I think, a couple of times, maybe not more, maybe a couple of films. And um, I think uh, it, it, it was uh, a journey that started with, uh, let's say, some, some short coaching, <laughs> some common play, <laughs> Uh, some uh, okay, have a bat, uh, okay, have a ball, uh, and uh, I got a catch on my first cricket match. And unfortunately, uh, the batsman was uh, at the moment maybe the highest scorer, uh, or he uh, still probably the record holder of uh, one day cricket here in Italy. And uh, and I say, okay, I got him, ah, fantastic. So. <laughs> It was a bit of misunderstanding of, of my role into cricket at the moment. I, I was actually null, uh, but uh, but I, I I I enjoyed the journey very much. I mean I mean I enjoyed the atmosphere. I enjoyed the curry lunch. I enjoyed the beers. I enjoyed the tea. I enjoyed the cakes from from the ladies around and. Um, I, I enjoyed the atmosphere actually. So uh, I loved it uh, a lot. I loved the, the game uh, because I, I recognized immediately what meant uh, really fair play. And it's uh, one of the things I very much insist still nowadays when I'm trying to explain uh, into interviews uh, the importance of cricket. If you look uh, at the uh, Commonwealth, uh, as a nations as a association or countries association uh, it's uh, the, you you have uh, common rules well, we have we have the queen <laughs> yeah of course not just <laughs> i mean i mean um, rules are very clear and uh, everybody endorses them and uh, cricket is the same if you look at other sports uh, everybody has his own application of rules <laughs> and cricket is not the same cricket uh, represents a, a fantastic picture of uh, an ideal world into my let's say the picture i have is that cricket uh, is the ideal place where everybody has uh, its own uh, possibility and uh, if you stick to the rules you always get a reward uh, you always enjoy the game and um, this applies to life and uh, for cricket is a a fantastic uh, starting point when you need to explain it to kids because uh, it 
you might not be the biggest or uh, the tallest or the strongest, but you still have uh, your opportunities. You have guys like Sachin Tendulkar, which uh, is not the tallest guy, but he's been uh, a fantastic batsman. Uh, you have uh, Ranatunga, you've had in <laughs> <laughs> not the fittest. <laughs> Fond of a Mars bar. <laughs> Uh, there are many. Uh, if I look at certain uh, uh, Afghan batsmen uh, recently, or uh, with mm -hmm. uh, bowlers uh, or all rounders, uh, I I'm amazed with uh, with what they, they can do. And uh, uh, as I said, cricket gi gives everybody a chance, a fair chance. And the rules are are very clear to everybody. Of course, uh, the, the Things like uh, mancat that, that I don't like. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, generally speaking, uh, I would say we have a fantastic uh, common background when it when it comes to rules. So that's uh, that's why I love it uh, so much. Uh, I was simply looking for some summertime uh, fun, fun and uh, and fitness. Let's say because I was looking for for May, June, July sports uh, outside uh, and uh, tennis was an option i i have a ground in uh, when in my house in the mountain but uh, you get bored soon uh, when when you have it too much in uh, when you were a kid and so um, cricket was uh, something new i loved it of course i'm not a champ but uh, i improved and uh, what i loved uh, it was the possibility to to start uh, when i was almost 25 uh, and and i had led the chance when I was 40 to improve and improve and improve. You know, when when you're a sportsman, as a ski instructor, I think I have enough control of my body. And so when you understand technique and so on, it becomes uh, more interesting. So uh, I feel like uh, you should be at the front of a car with a motorcade. What what, what does uh, Il Presidente uh, <laughs> do in Italy? Tell me what a, a normal day, a normal week, you know, what's on your mind? What are you getting involved in? The president of the Italian Kirche Board or Fabio Marabini? Because Fabio Marabini <laughs> has unfortunately 24 hours and uh, I trade uh, still for, for, for uh, um, oil and gas, uh, uh, naval vessels, uh, cruise liners. I work with 20 different companies and so on. That's, uh, that's uh, the tough part of my life. And the fun part is uh, trying to develop cricket here. I, I, I don't think about uh, the chairman of Italian cricket as just the president of the federation, but as the um, representative of the game in Italy. I might be here the, the smallest of the federation in the Italian Olympic Committee, but I'm uh, still the representative of the second biggest sport around the world. So I'm, I'm trying to, let's say, understand the way to make some more brand awareness, as I said. <laughs> and um, brand awareness means uh, explaining people that modern pentathlon has <laughs> 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 not... <laughs> as not the same followers as cricket has. I don't mind the pentathlon, actually. It's one of those ones that you watch every four years. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's nice. That'll be cricket for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I might just watch I just might, might just watch cricket these Olympics, and uh, yeah, my kids are able to play it. But um, I don't mind the uh, pentathlon at all. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's no cricket, that's for sure. Of course, uh, it, that cricket doesn't belong to our culture here. So I'm trying to to explain more what cricket is around the world 
I'm trying to uh, understand more what I can do for cricket uh, in Italy and worldwide. Uh, in Italy, the president does a lot of uh, marketing job because it's, of course, part of my real uh, career. And um, I understand a little bit of marketing dynamics. So I've been trying to improve a lot uh, that part of the federation, which was almost non-existing. That's why we've also tried to um, not just to work on, on the social media part, which is more or less uh, uh, necessary today. But on the other hand, we have also chosen to invest into um, promotion cricket, uh, as uh, somebody calls it, uh, uh, which is T10 Games with uh, uh, Daniel Weston. Then uh, the second big, uh, big deal for us uh, at the moment uh, has been uh, finding an agreement with the sports bank. Credito Sportivo is a, is a bank, uh, like a governmental bank, uh, which job is to finance investments uh, in, uh, in, uh, for federations uh, who want to develop certain specific projects, uh, basically infrastructures. And we have a 6 million credit line that's been part of uh, my, the, the job of the first part of the year. And um, this credit line allows us now to invest in, uh, in facilities uh, with, let's say, uh, a bit of relax. We know we can spend uh, money which we don't yet have in our pocket, but we have potentially in, in the budget uh, divided by the number of years you choose to give the money back. So if I have, uh, say, a uh, projects for a couple of millions, let's say at the moment, and I say, okay, I don't have two millions from ICC or from the Italian Olympic Committee at the moment, but I will get two millions in the next 10 years. So why not trying to force a little bit the pace on, uh, on facilities? And that's, uh, of course, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an architect and um, the degree doesn't work for my, my business life, but works more for the cricket uh, facilities. At least I understand where, what we are talking about. <laughs> Talk about square meters and so on. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't know you'd be talking about building cricket grounds when you were, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, you probably, it sounds like, I, I sometimes feel like I've lived sort of three or four lives in the almost 40 years that I've uh, got to, but it sounds like you've uh, you've piled a few more on top of that from being a <laughs> ski instructor, architect, oh, I deal all in gas and uh, yeah, hopefully building cricket grounds in Italy. But anyway, I'll let... I'll let uh, uh, and then the last part of uh, is uh, administration to run uh, cricket properly. Uh, we, we, we've done uh, recently, we, we're going to approve the ethics policy tomorrow and that's a small step only, uh, but uh, we have changed the, the governance uh, one and a half years ago. We have now rules in place. We have transformed the a so-called uh, family business uh, into into a real company, and that's uh, that's been uh, amazing. What we've done, in we also managed to to spend uh, the money in promotion in uh, ladies cricket. Uh, I am very big fan of uh, ladies cricket because I think it's uh, the best tool at the moment we have. Uh, you mentioned um, the ACL and, and Dan Weston's vision there and also the work that Italian Cricket TV has done where, you know, the the number of viewers around Italy and, and parts of Europe have, have been um, astronomical, especially over the last 12 months to two years. What's your relationship with, with someone like Weston and the ACL and, and their idea of, of cricket and, and building the game in, in continental Europe? 
Dan is a very good friend for me and he loves uh, Italy because he's in Germany, so he's unlucky. But <laughs> 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 uh, he, he, he can move from Munich to Garda Lake uh, in a few hours drive and then um, we can share a, a beer or a pizza somewhere and, and share ideas. We share a part of the vision, of course. He's, he's an investor, so you have to understand the concept behind his business plan. And of course, you cannot do that uh, unless, uh, unless you are in business somewhere else. Um, I appreciate a lot what he's doing and I understand his dynamics who's telling uh, T10 is not cricket. Uh, people would have said the same uh, 20 years ago about uh, T20 and uh, would have said the same uh, 60 years ago about uh, ODIs and so on. Um, I think it's uh, uh, not the, cri- the kind of cricket that uh, everybody loves, but it's a kind of cricket that... Uh, Everybody enjoys, even watching. I mean, uh, even uh, aristocrats. Uh, we have a couple here as well, uh, and uh, <laughs> I think I think uh, that, that um, in terms of marketing, this kind of product is amazing. Uh, what you can see in uh, in one and a half hour is rarely seen from from other sports. It's pure action. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, might be no. Uh, I love test match. I've never been a big, big fan of boring test matches, I've, but I understand the, there's a kind of test match who is uh, thrilling even uh, when, when you're seeing 20 dots. So I'm not saying that uh, that's the future of cricket. That's the future of uh, marketing cricket around uh, Europe, for sure, maybe around the world. And uh, it works. We are able to do numbers because uh, when you do in a single day 150,000 viewers uh, on YouTube and uh, I've been told one and a half million per day on fan code in India. It's also a marketing tool with sponsors. Uh, when you're discussing with, with potential sponsor, you're, you're going to talk to big companies. You're, uh, you're playing a different game. And uh, that's why also we, we also try to explain more what's uh, cricket worldwide than, than what's uh, cricket in Italy only. Because it, it doesn't work uh, for me, the maybe 1,000, 2,000 viewers uh, which I can achieve uh, in Italy. Although Italy is the biggest uh, producer of cricket content in Facebook uh, around uh, Europe. It was an, an amazing thing, which I've been discovering a few weeks ago, talking about a potential new new project for cricket uh, in Europe, which will be huge. I cannot disclose any details at the moment. <laughs> but uh, there will be more money and more cricket for everybody. And that's, uh, that's of course, important for us as well. Um, and we've seen the you know the European club tournament going on and and the European cricket series, which is a sort of a, a traveling circus model that Weston's pushing with you know local teams in a bunch of different tournaments. How does that fit in to the regular club scene uh, in in Italy? They love it a lot because that's all they want. Play cricket, have fun, and say, "Hey, mama, I'm on television," <laughs> which is important too because uh, they can now say, "Hey." You know, uh, some of them are here, but they, 
have very modest lives. They are here for working. They are, they are sustaining their families, maybe back in Bangladesh or India or Pakistan with their jobs here. And they just go work, 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 work. They, they quite don't have any time for training. Practice uh, is, I would say, not unknown, but uh, it's very difficult, especially in wintertime. But uh, having the possibility to show maybe their boss, hey, take a look, I'm on YouTube this week, uh, that, that, that changed their mindset. They love the... We've been investing uh, quite a lot of money on that. And uh, the reward has been uh, a very, very positive feedback. We had a very good couple of tournaments. Uh, I would say technically it was uh, good cricket. Compared um, with what you can see around in Europe at the moment, I think technically it was among the, one, the best two, three. I've been there at the ground and seen one club chasing, one team chasing 150 and they managed with two balls to spare. And I've seen uh, nobody has played T10 cricket here. They play table, of course, which is another kind of cricket. So I would say... I've seen people starting playing uh, T10 with a T20 mindset and uh, adapting their game to the T10 format, starting bowling certain lines, starting betting with a certain kind of aggression. Because the first games, they were a, a low 100, let's say 100, uh, 100 and something. And in the last game, they were all above 130, 140. The, the, the teams improved a lot during the tournaments. So it was a lot of fun for them and for us as well uh, watching. Yeah, so Fabio, one of the interesting things that I've found about Dan Weston's approach is that he's focusing on getting a, a you know a sustainable local club scene and then building up rather than you know the older model of of sort of the ICC coming in and going from the top down. So how do you fit those two together in your you know approach to administration in in Italy? You know, when you give clubs a visible and touchable target and uh, not just the hope but the possibility to raise some money that makes uh, much more than all the involvement policies that our board can put in place. Because we have people here playing uh, table tournaments and uh, bidding for for the place there. They are paying a a subscription fee and uh, the, the one who wins takes the money. And that's paying a lot for, for the, the people who are organizing the tournaments because they, they've got huge crowds at the tournaments. Although the quality of cricket is not, uh, of course, the, the one you have uh, at Lords, but, uh, but they have fun, which I respect a lot because it's a completely different environment, which is very difficult to, to understand and to agree with for aristocrats. But still, that's cricket as well, and I have to to take care because if I have uh, 100 uh, hardball players and 15,000 softball or table players, I have to take care of them as well. And ICC rewards me for them as well. And so we need to respect this approach. We need to understand uh, that it's not a matter of uh, uh, take the money, go into the school, do some coaching and bring them to the ground. The, the players are already there. The numbers are already there. If you consider in Italy, we have uh, more or less 1 million people from uh, Asian heritage. 50% of them already has a passport and 50% will build a passport in the next uh, maybe 
four to five years because they've been there for already four to five years. So they can ask citizenship in, uh, in 10 years. Uh, consider maybe 5% want to play cricket. 10% have some interest in cricket, would love to play a game uh, from time to time. That, that makes 100,000, far more than, than many other sports already have here in Italy. And uh, I think that then you have to add a fan base, which is not, of course, only, only the Asians. There's a lot of, of people who know cricket already because they've been studying in the UK or they have been traveling, they have been working abroad. So why not? It's, it's simply the, uh, a different way to looking at the, at the medals. The medals are always two sides. Uh, we've been always looking one side forgetting that there's the opposite uh, and uh, you can raise questions if it's the correct approach but the uh, numbers don't lie of course maybe not at the moment is not cost effective uh, or sustainable or it works because somebody has put the money in but in the long term it will work uh, daniel uh, idea is to make it work in in two to three years uh, and uh, at the moment it's working already if it goes then to the olympics ah, who knows it might boom immediately it's interesting though yeah the advent of streaming and then you know by proxy advertising becomes a little bit easier and not only is it developing say italian cricket or, or german cricket the european region in general is probably uh, we we hate the term fastest growing but it seems like the european region in terms of cricket and its publicity has improved out of sight and then when you are playing against other opposition in europe in european qualifiers for example because that competition is so strong the development of everyone is therefore brought up to another level so what i wanted to kind of ask from all of this is that is europe because of you know the western vision and, and the stuff that you guys are doing as well do you think that europe is is probably the next potential region to boom in international cricket um i can tell you following if you think that 20 years ago nobody was caring for chinese football or uh, football in the arabic countries nobody would have said okay players like beckham will go to the usa and, and play football there you can understand what will happen in cricket in the next 20 years because i think the ipl if cricket goes to the olympics uh, will be really global and the by then, the IPL could become easily, in terms of uh, returns, something similar to the, even to the, the Champions League in football. And that will create uh, much more brand awareness for cricket. And that will allow European cricket to grow, will allow Asian cricket to grow. I don't mean uh, Pakistan or India or Bangladesh or Sri Lanka based. I mean Malaysia, Indonesia, uh, Singapore, Hong Kong, China and so on. And Japan, of course. And then, uh, and then there will be USA. And so it will be interesting to see what will go on. Sometimes I think uh, you need to look at also at another aspect. Italy is a G8 country. Germany is a G8 country, so economical power. Uh, France is a G8 country. Um, Poland, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Switzerland, Austria, Spain, they are all powerful in terms of money, in terms of um, GDP per capita. 
So I'm not saying that we know what to do with money, because of course we, we often do the wrong things, especially in Italy. <laughs> but in some way, uh, it will be interesting to see people saying, ah, hello, here's a new market. You've seen what's happened with, uh, with rugby Italy. 30 years ago, rugby in Italy was almost zero, and we were a not even decent country. And there have been uh, some, some believers, most probably like me, saying, hey, let's try to invest uh, well-spent money and well-spent time in develop this thing. And now I, I see, at least economically, it works. The, 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 the squad is still rubbish. But <laughs> <laughs> we still lose uh, maybe 50 to null uh, with Australia or uh, with the All Blacks. But, uh, we don't care. We have the money at least. And, uh, and, uh, and rugby is very big uh, at the moment here in Italy. They, they can work with schools and so on. Of course, there's more brand awareness. And that's part of the business, of course. I think I think Europe will be big because uh, the numbers economically are there much more than somewhere else. Of course, we lack uh, some uh, some culture, but I think that comes uh, with the show. Daniel Weston has provided some show. I think T20 can provide some show as well. The 100 can provide some show. The franchise-based leagues that will uh, show up sooner or later will provide some show. And uh, there will be some uh, cricket uh, connected to country competitions that will show up as well. If we were able to find a way to show cricket matches more uh, frequently, not just uh, through web streaming. And, and that can happen in maybe, of course, uh, with the Olympics uh, in a few years. But uh, I think uh, that ICC can uh, still implement these uh, policies to promote cricket uh, outside of 100% cricket countries. I still hope that the rights holders uh, understand that if they want to make the game very, very big worldwide, we still uh, need to go away from satellite for center games. At least that still happens with football. Even Champions League, I've been watching a Champions League game this evening and it was for free. What was the Champions League game on tonight? Was that the Atalanta game? Unfortunately, we... One one, uh, but we still have double uh, chance in uh, in Amsterdam in one week. <laughs> to bring it back to to cricket and the, the football ties that Italy has with cricket as well, Genoa and, and AC Milan, the, the stories there where they started as cricket clubs almost originally before they became football clubs. Do you guys try to go back and and harp on about that history as? As a selling point, or do you guys try and look into the now and, and, and developing the game that way? Because as you said at the start of the interview, there is a deep history with cricket. It's just been unfortunately lost a little bit along the way. Exactly. Um, it's the second time I, I get the same question this evening. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually, for me, I think uh, in terms of marketing, we are losing an opportunity if you're not talking about this uh, of course, uh, in, we have to find the right uh, Berlusconi on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you have anyone who's close? Uh, uh, no, uh, Genoa football uh, has been supportive of Genoa cricket because the football club is still cricket and football club. So they have been financed by the, the football uh, team or uh, they have been able to 
sell the shirts uh, at the stadium and so on. But the point is, in Genova, it's very, very difficult to put uh, a ground somewhere because Genova is uh, basically a packed city. You, you, also, you have very, very few places where you could put a ground uh, or even a small ground. Milan and Turin uh, were the other two clubs. Uh, that's a different story. AC Milan, I think we missed the opportunity at the time when Berlusconi was there. Because Berlusconi has a couple of other interests. There's <laughs> <laughs> a number of interests. What time is this podcast going to air? <laughs> and, but, uh, he's a smart guy and I think uh, he's, he loves sports in general. The current uh, board, I don't think he has any interest in developing, uh, uh, let's say, a partnership even by name with cricket. Although I think that the area where they intend to build a new stadium could also offer some square meters for cricket as well. Um, in Turin, uh, at the moment, uh, I don't see any possibility to do anything like that. Uh, but um, never say never. I, I would say, of course, what uh, we have to explain here is much more the concept of uh, gentleman's game, is uh, what I said uh, at the beginning. It's not just fair play, it's not just the spirit of the game. It's a package that has to be explained starting uh, with the kids uh, and uh, and then explain that there's a heritage which we carry from centuries and uh, you you can explain cricket in many different ways you can uh, explain cricket to mothers uh, willing to the, the kids to do some sport and say okay if your kid will play cricket he will be better in uh, in English because uh, we basically speak uh, only English on the ground, and then um, you might get some people telling, "Hey, uh, statistics! Statistics are born basically <laughs> with cricket." Sure, love stats, and that was because of betting, of course. <laughs> Nobody says that, but uh, and. Uh, as I said before, numbers don't lie. People now look more into statistics because they've been looking at, uh, at the fact that numbers don't lie for cricket first. And um, you have to market uh, the product uh, uh, approaching with the right words for the specific market uh, or audience you're talking about. Uh, so just pulling on that thread, actually, that you, you, know, you talked about the history and the, the heritage of cricket, that deal with Credito Sportivo that you, you talked about, the, the public bank investing in sports in Italy, I saw on the announcement, you know, it noted that cricket is the oldest team sport in Italy and that heritage, you know, going back to that. What does this deal actually do for cricket in Italy? You know, you talked about being able to invest in facilities. Is that the core of the, the purpose there? Yes, Yes, facilities uh, is, uh, is the area where we are the biggest gap with the countries like Denmark, Holland, uh, which we feel are our competitors in terms of performance in Europe. Of course, I don't even count Jersey because Jersey, Gensi, they are very different. But if I even look at Spain, Spain, of course, they have been lucky because there have been uh, British investors putting some money in to Desert Springs and La Manga facility. I don't have the same possibility here. I have a couple of potential investors, of course. There's still a long way to go, but uh, I'm trying to sell the concept of cricket being also a marketing tool for Italian tourists. And uh, touring sites are very welcome here. Of course, I need the better grounds. 
I cannot uh, host the 40 club, uh, the MCC or the Crusaders or clubs like that uh, on potato grounds anymore. (laughs) And uh, therefore, I need to improve the quality of my outfields. I need to improve uh, the number of turf pitches, which actually is one, not ready yet, and just... uh, prepared in Pianoro in Bologna and uh, we hope to be able to have maybe five in, uh, in three years but I think that's the biggest opportunity we have to market uh, also with local authorities uh, and, and to deal with them is to say hello second biggest sport worldwide I'm able to bring here tourists from any corner of the world from rich countries wealthy countries and they might come uh, even in January and play in Palermo, where is Palermo in, in January, you have more or less the same same temperatures we have in London in a, a late April, early May. <laughs> you have the, the 18, 17 degrees maybe, and though it's winter, officially, they are still nearer to Africa than uh, to the Alps. So then uh, it will be February, late February, March, uh, we can offer Naples, Rome, then later in uh, the season, uh, Bologna, Florence, uh, Milan, Venice, Verona. Uh, I think everybody would love to to play cricket nearby Venice or nearby Rome or nearby Florence and uh, have some sightseeing uh, to do some uh, just sightseeing, but some decent shopping. Uh, and um, that's uh, that's a part of package that golf offers and uh, that has been highly underestimated by other countries. Uh, as well and I think Italy, France, Germany, Spain they all offer this, uh, this possibility because we have a lot of stuff and uh, of course I, nothing against uh, La Manga and Desert Springs but uh, the closer to towns the better, closer to an airport to, to logistics uh, best uh, possibilities to day sent hotels and so on uh, the more the feedback uh, will be positive i think uh, uh, that an ideal traveling uh, side uh, coming for one month from australia to italy and say okay we can be able to arrange them a complete tour touring from sicily to the alps uh, across uh, across the season and uh, have fun play decent cricket and uh, have the best possible food the best possible wine mm. i think we we should include the that in, into the marketing package as well as someone who fell in love with with cricket with all the tea and and the dinner and stuff that that came with it as well i think you've got the idea uh, pretty much all bundled up into one package there just make sure everything's all all put together very hospitable <laughs> of course we don't offer uh, pasta during the games <laughs> yeah i was just thinking that like how can you how can you play just have a big belly full of pasta and you just yeah <laughs> <laughs> The night before, maybe. <laughs> I've seen people uh, coming from the night before, still well charged. <laughs> <laughs> well, PDP reckons one of the best meals he's ever had in cricket has been with the Italians. So uh, there you go. And Peter Della Pena, well, he'd normally be eating at Five Guys, wouldn't he? So it's interesting that he didn't eat burgers. So the Italians did, didn't allow him. <laughs> Um, one one of the things you've talked about a little bit is trying to get a women's team up and running. I know uh, the, the women's team is not on the rankings yet. No. So, obviously, it's very much in a, a nascent stage. You know, what's the situation with women's cricket in Italy? And, you know, how are you trying to get that built up? 
Uh, yeah, uh, we need to look at uh, athletes into schools and uh, and convince them to play cricket because uh, it's basically an easy sport, very simple, bat and ball. Because for countries like Italy, you can start a 10 years project like uh, Thailand did recently and uh, and say, okay, I don't have anything to lose at the moment. And so, I, I, you know, if my money from ICC at the moment is also performance-based in terms of ICC tournaments, uh, I don't get anything at the moment from uh, international uh, games for ladies, not yet. So I can plan my run for, for the next 10 years. And I think uh, Italy has the big chance. If you, if you pick 10 to 15 uh, good athletes, now and you merge with the passport holders and you have a good mix you need to rely first on fitness and that creates also a lot of involvement if you're able to create a story uh, about that uh, would be rather interesting but uh, at the moment we have uh, uh, six club and uh, we are almost sure uh, they will be um, eight next years. In the past, uh, we have had uh, uh, between 2013 and 2017 a very strong uh, women's team. We've been uh, competing with Denmark, Germany and, uh, and other countries around uh, and uh, it wasn't an official to, uh, European Championship uh, at the time, uh, but we won the tournament a couple of times. Those girls are still around. We can only keep the positives. Uh, we have already put in place uh, not just the specific commission, but also the right person for the job who's taking care uh, of the technical development uh, around Italy. And we've uh, also put some finance. We are uh, giving kits for free to the clubs because, of course, and the cost is, is uh, also an obstacle for them, not, not just for the money, but also where you can purchase is not everywhere. Uh, you don't have cricket shops and you don't always have somebody coming from Pakistan uh, with a proper bat or a proper uh, balls. Uh, and that's part of the job, of course. Uh, we invest money. We are going also to finance uh, the travels and so on in order to make them uh, uh, meet different clubs and not just play with the cluster locally. But of course, uh, we, we tend to invest more in, in games than, uh, than travels, for sure. That's only, that's only the, the smallest part of the job. We need to plan uh, further investments. And we expressly uh, asked to dedicate uh, part of the money we receive for, from the Italian Olympic Committee for the purpose. That's the end of part one with Fabio. We'll have part two next week. Make sure to subscribe to the Emerging Cricket Podcast if you haven't done so already, so you can tune in as soon as it drops every week. Pass the pot around and make sure to give us a five-star review. If you want to support us financially, go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Emerging Cricket, where you can support us from as little as $2 US a month. You'll get access to extended versions of a number of our podcasts, and you'll also have a say on the show's direction. For now, on behalf of Nick Skinner, Tim Cutler, and myself, Daniel Beswick, See you next week.